Nine rounds of golf for $90? Yep. The Minnesota Golf Passport is back and available now at garagelogic.com. As a golf passport card holder, you're entitled to nine 18 whole rounds of golf for just one low price of $90. Supplies are limited, so just go to garagelogic.com and type keyword passport. A $300 golf value for just 90 bucks. Now you got it. GarageLogic.com. Keyword passport. I'm rolling. Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 1149, <laughs> September 12th, 2023. 94 degrees on this day in two occasions mm. 1908 and 1948. And it was as chilly as 36 degrees on this day in 1940. And I know we only get heavy rains now. They've never happened right. in the past. But on this day in 1903, five inches of rain. Wow. I had a nice soaking last night. but what on year? 1903. Oh. But unfortunately, it only lasted about not even 10 minutes. Not enough, Joe. Not they enough. Could, they got five inches in Duluth last night. They did. Yeah. And I'm sure yeah. that's due to uh, catastrophic uh, climate change. Hail the flashlight, King. Hail you! And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Chris Reavers manning Technology Corner, Kenny Olson from the Krabby Coffee Shop, John Height in the newsroom, and of course, the rookie. Here is your flashlight, King, fireworks commissioner, and the keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Sushir. Boy, the Aaron Rodgers uh, era in New York didn't last long. Huh. Do you hear no. about this promotion they ran? Fourth, four plays. <laughs> yep. They ran a promotion at a bar in Wisconsin that the fans <laughs> could drink free if the Jets lost. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, so boy, they. And then the minute Rodgers went down, correct uh, on the first series of the game, these patrons. They, they ordered they up a hard. storm, didn't they? They did. Only, and then what happened, Joe? Well, only to discover later in the evening, the Jets won the game in overtime. Right. So they all punt did. return. And there was a news Joe, station there. That was a beautiful story, Joe. Thank you. Thank you, Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It was, it was a story I struggled with before the show. You did. But, but you nailed it there. Uh, right now, there. You nailed it. I had some time. When the pressure was on, you yeah. dug something. yourself a hole. Dug yourself a hole. <laughs> we had a young fellow on at the fair named Tevin Tolsey. Yes. His wife uh, and he cool. yeah. are in the bracelet business. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as I think back, it's too late to really be angry about it, but... Uh, I was hoping she'd come over and make something, but she she had to tend the store. Yeah, and she, so Tevin came over and made a little mm-hmm. item, made a little bracelet. He does; they do welding, don't they? Yes, Matt? yes, yeah. they do. And I saw him at the uh, airport. You did post state fair, and he right. said to say thank you for his appearance. Well, they probably but, but made a fortune. Probably, it's tiny, tiny, tiny welding. You right, have to use right. magnifying glasses to see it. Well, he writes today is saying, uh, have, uh, thank you for having me on at the fair and for me to weld, weld a bracelet live on the air for Izzy, was one Correct. of Kenny's friends, mm-hmm. came Correct. up. And as he writes, as I mentioned, I've been listening to GL Daily since 2017 and may be unaware of the origins of the Knack Hardware and Lounge. Your mention of the Knack on Friday and Monday had me thinking, why doesn't someone, and he puts Fratelloni's question mark, 
open a bar hardware store combination. That's our idea, Devin. We want that. We right. want to call it the Knack Hardware and Lounge. Old-timers who have fixed everything from small engines to plumbing issues to refinishing wood boats could hang out, and, and if any patrons, young or old, need assistance with selecting items for a DIY project, could simply walk up to the bar and ask around if anyone has experience in that field. Maybe that was the original thought of the Knack, but as I stated, I missed the first 20 years of GL Here's to hopefully many more years of GL. Tevin, he's 28, and he has a very, uh, very good cylinder index of 27. Nice. He's only a cylinder behind his age. He's got a Hyundai and a Jeep and a Chevy and a Ford and a Mercury outboard and a Chase riding lawnmower snowblower, and he sent a picture of him on the snowblower. It's his favorite cylinder holder. Nice. Uh, The Knack Hardware and Lounge. I've been giving this way too ma- too much thought for too many years, and what I've determined is we need a bunch of them. And well, yeah, look at Jimmy need, Buffett. They need to be outstate where GLers gather: Bemidji, Brainerd, Mac Alexandria. Not uh, I don't think it would work in Uptown. <laughs> um, destinations where they go on the weekend, where random GLers can meet and sit around and shoot the breeze. Mm-hmm. I paid. Did I say this on the air or off the air? I paid four eighty nine for a gallon of premium last night. See okay? you. And rookie was asking me what's my number. Well, I guess it's not four eighty nine, right? Because I filled it. But what alternative do you have? If you need gas, you well, need that's gas. why. I mean, what's the number going to be? But it's is it if it was five eighty nine. I probably would have filled it. That's what how I'm big saying. was the tank? That oh, you that thing up. doesn't hold ten gallons. Yeah, well, now what if it held 30? That would be a chore, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's costing me back uh, over 100 now. That'd be 150 bucks. So I I fill up uh, when it's at a half a take. Well, maybe you want to move to Duluth, Kenny. Um, yeah, but can I bring all my cylinders with, Joe? You can, but you're apparently, uh, if the Mysterians have their way, you would not be able to park them anywhere. Okay. Mm. Kenny alerted me to this. It's a Tom Stewart piece from the Center of the American Experiment. There's a new front in the campaign to eliminate society's dependence on the automobile because that's causing global warming. Mm -hmm. It, It isn't, but that's what they say. Just stop building parking lots and ramps is what they want to do in Duluth. As part of a comprehensive review of parking policy in Duluth, the City Planning Commission recently heard from the head of the Parking Reform Network. Ah! That's the old PRN. (laughs) PRN, right. (laughs) They heard from the head of the Parking Reform Network, a Portland-based warehouse, a organization dedicated to drastically reducing automobiles in cities, one parking space at a time. They are a leftist group, of course, and their website makes clear the direction they intend to steer us. Car parking encourages more car ownership and more driving. When people can cheaply and easily park their cars, they'll use them more often. When, because of parking lots, it's difficult to walk somewhere, then driving and parking might be the only choice. When most people drive, it's difficult to generate the density and demand for good transit service. Oh, okay. Transit's okay because that pushes a lot of people. It's okay to use transit. Car parking makes our communities less 
equitable. Does that get added to the list? Please. We hear that word Please. quite a bit. Okay. Add equitable because it's. What does that mean? Because it, it legitimately has earned the foghorn because it's a perfectly proper word used incorrectly. Mm-hmm. Isn't it just awesome, though, that a group from Portland, Oregon can tell people in Duluth, mm-hmm. Minnesota, how to live? You're five miles out of town. It's 40 below. The wind's blowing at about 40 miles an hour. Why don't you walk your ass into town? Yeah. <laughs> Just have a big, remember that big uh, clothesline, that rope that'll go from yeah, right, downtown right. to Don't your... let go of the rope, otherwise you'll get lost in the whiteout blizzard. <laughs> <laughs> car parking makes our communities less equitable. Parking requirements force car-free and car-light, L-I-T-E, households to pay for costly parking spaces they don't need. Well, well, but they do need them, you moron. And since a vehicle ownership tends to increase with income, this often forces lower-income households to subsidize the parking costs of their more affluent neighbors. One of the organization's main strategies is to sell cities like Duluth unending the requirement for developers to build more parking spaces to accommodate the increased traffic that results from the projects. In other words, we want you to build sustainable, another communist square box apartment building here, but don't provide any parking. The anti-automobile group gets a foot in the door by presenting the concept as a way to reduce development costs, according to the Duluth News Tribune. City officials may call an end to telling developers how much parking they need to provide in order to do business in Duluth. This week, members of the Duluth Planning Commission heard from Tony Jordan, president of the Portland, Oregon-based Parking Reform Network, who encouraged the city to follow in the footsteps of more than 50 communities nationwide that have done away with parking mandates. Mm-hmm. Do you think they had this guy on Zoom, or did he take an evil airplane here? Did they, <laughs> did, do you think this guy flew in or drove? I bet, because he was justifying it. Jordan suggested local developers and entrepreneurs can be relied upon to determine their own parking needs, predicting they'll make smart decisions about their business because it's their money on the line. But that's just the beginning of the drastic policy changes the Parking Reform Network wants to see, the PRN. The recommendations listed on its website would significantly jack up... uh, Cost for drivers using existing parking places, effectively creating a financial penalty for driving. Performance pricing for public on-street municipal garage parking, mandatory parking cash out for employer-paid parking, peak hour community commuter parking surcharges, unbundling of the cost of parking from building leases and sales. Some members of the Planning Commission voiced concerns over the inevitable impact of restricting parking on tourism and business and a community that relies heavily on the automobile. We really do want to make sure this uh, we get this right for Duluth, said Adam Fulton, Deputy Director of the City's Planning and Economic Development Division, as he encouraged Planning Commission members to consider the various ramifications of the proposed parking policy changes. No, here is where somebody should have said to this guy, go back to Oregon and go bleep yourself. Right, right. you have your own problems. Planning Commissioner Andrea Weddle 
talked about the importance of bolstering the city's mass transit system. Yeah, because Duluth has really got a big transit problem. <laughs> if Duluth is going to reduce its dependence on personal vehicles. Uh, Duluth already exempts developers in downtown and on the waterfront from a requirement to add parking spaces. But it remains to be seen whether city planners go further down a road that makes Duluth a less doable destination for drivers. Correct me if I'm wrong, Scotty, but isn't the medical industry uh, about all Duluth has going for it? There's a number of hospitals. Don't doctors and nurses have to drive to the hospital? Last time I checked, yes. And they, when they get there, they, they'll need to park. Or do they have a George Jetson-style car where it folds up to a suitcase? <laughs> this is this is Mysterian thinking. It's quite it's quite clear that this is Mysterian thinking. What what is intended to be deprived here is your individuality. What is intended to be deprived here is your freedom of movement. Insofar as your freedom of movement can lead to competition, entrepreneurship, achievement, success, mm-hmm. wealth, none of which would be equitable because not everybody is going to do that. Yes, you in the back, Kenny. May 14th, 2021, Star Tribune headline, Minneapolis City Council unanimously eliminates parking requirements. We have elected people who don't like the way we've lived for 250 years. Yep. And they intend to undo it. Before the 13-0 vote, City Council President Lisa Bender said that the change aligns with the city's climate and greenhouse gas elimination goals outlined in the Minneapolis 2040 Comprehensive Plan. And what are any of these big talkers doing about India, Indonesia, China, the Far East, the Near East? What are they doing? Do you think think that... Uh, the Chinese are worried about a parking space? No, they're not. But they do also already have, what, the social credit score in place, where you drive five kilometers over the speed limit, you get charged. We've got that going on in China. Well, maybe that's why the balloons are going over. They're trying to figure out how we successfully park all of these cars mm-hmm. every single day. <laughs> they have, the Mysterians have been attacking the automobile for years. They've ingrained the term gas guzzling into the typical newspaper spew. lexicon spew. and spew. Mm-hmm. They, they are completely, these are people who for the most part are renters. Uh, many of them, I would imagine, don't need a car. Great for them. Right. I've said before, if I lived in New York City, I wouldn't own a car. Uh, I'd have one for fun, but I wouldn't be using it. Lived in Boston for four years, and they never had a car. You don't need one. Right. But here you do. Yes. Uh, Duluth, you do. Also, we have winter. It can be very uncomfortable. Very. Taking a skateboard to work. Or riding your bike. (laughs) Or riding your bike to work. The bike paths remain virtually empty in this town. And if, side note, if you do ride your bike to work every single day, that's what you do for a living. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, the Mysterians don't want everything attached to the automobile is an anti, is a is an opposite of what Mysterians want. The problem is they can't see they can't put themselves in other people's shoes. They don't want they, to. They can't see anything but through their own lens. Mm-hmm. And their lens is narrow and distorted. When it's corrupted, they believe that achievement Wealth, entrepreneurship, competition, right and wrong, 
are not equitable. Mm. You have a county attorney in Minneapolis who basically bases her view of life on equity. Uh, by the way, well, I, that's too much of a change of topic. I'll stick with this till I'm done with it. Uh, most people will be done with Duluth if this happens. But Duluth, I would imagine, given its mayor and its uh, proclivities, would have been terribly open to welcoming uh, they this, are on the forefront of the this fruitcake yeah. from Portland to tell them how to mm -hmm. get rid of more cars. Mm -hmm. they, think they're, they think that's performing a service. No, you, you, you don't have your average citizen at heart when you do this. You don't have your average citizen in mind because you don't have a view of life in mind what? that is still shared by more people than not. Remind me, what was the program that they had trouble with? Was it snow removal? Yes, yeah. they've had terrible problems. Yeah. We, we, we discussed that right at length. Yeah, we have some good emailers from Duluth who've, who've chronicled the terrible problems they've had. Might would seem it, that that might be something you'd want to address. It'd be so fun to make them live out their fantasy, make their fantasy reality. Wouldn't that be Maybe great? Put them up in a in a rental unit, obviously um, an apartment or something, up by the airport, top of the hill, up there in Duluth. Yeah, and then give them a job downtown. Yeah, make them struggle up and down those hills every day in the winter. Wouldn't that be fun? The the other thing Mysterians tend to do. I'm afraid I'm going to get very heavy here for a minute. Whoa. Very heavy. Here we go. I, I, I'm going to. The other things Mysterians tend to do is they don't take into account senior citizens. They don't take into account children. No. Everybody's 28 years old and has a dog. <laughs> or some cats. Yeah. Some and, cats. And... You know, there are theories out there. I have not adopted them yet, but here's where you can go heavy and dark. Uh, and I have said this, Mysterians don't like people. I'll, I'll cling to that one. Mysterians don't like people. But what if, what if really uh, driving a much of Mysterianism is a wish to depopulate the earth? That's what? why they love China so much. Well, maybe that's why they love transgenderism so much. Uh, I think anyone who cuts up a little girl or boy to take their organs uh, should be imprisoned. They not only don't think they shouldn't be imprisoned, they think it's the right thing to do. Are they trying to depopulate the earth? Are they fearful or so fearful of people well, that I they don't, don't want there to be an addition of people? What a I sinister plan. I don't know about that because they also say men can give birth. Is this our so, tinfoil hat segment? Well, I don't even think I've put that on yet. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm saying some very generic I don't things. doubt that some do view view it that way. I, I think, in fact, some in some cases, people have just flat out said, yeah, we, we, we have too many people living in this earth. I mean, that's a right? long way from parking lots in Duluth yeah, it is. Uh, to, to suggest we wish to depopulate the earth. But clearly, in Duluth, if it buys this nonsense, what they're embracing is the belief that they would restrict the way people live. It's under America. attack. I don't want that. We don't want that. How the do we way, fight the, back? The way America lives is under attack. I don't think that's an exaggeration. I told you what I paid for gas. Four twenty-eight. I told you that the, the Mysterians are coming for your vehicles. Now's the time. Now's the time. 
get to EcoFun, you might as well get on board with the electric bike or get one of the gas scooters that turn urban errands into adventures and you really don't have to worry about where you park them. I've parked mine in some really unusual places and it goes unbothered. And right now, let me see. No, the, the sale ended, didn't it? The sale ended Saturday. Well, you gave them enough time. Yeah. You gave them more than enough time. They got the Bentelli scooters, Yamaha, Bentelli, and Scootstar electric bikes. They've got the kids' recreational equipment, golf carts, side-by-side, snowblowers, exotic motorcycles, great, great recreational equipment, helmets, apparel, and really a great service department. We're nearing that time. I hope, I hope EcoFund doesn't get too big that they stop their pickup and delivery service for winter storage. So I really count on that. Yeah. It's a great... Nice to have it out of the it, garage. Oh, it's a great, great part of their their operation. EcoFun Motorsports. They've been with us almost from day one on the podcast, mm-hmm. and that's five years now. Yes. EcoFun Motorsports in Forest Lake. It's on Highway 97, immediately west of the Interstate 35, and... EcoFun Motorsports in Burnsville on the service road of life near County Road 42. You know, the investment game can be awfully tricky, especially in these volatile times. And that's why you need the best and also somebody that you can trust. And that's why I rely on Josh Arnold. We know him as Mr. Money Talk around these parts. And he's here for you. So give him a call today for that free 48-minute no-obligation consultation by dialing 952-925-5608. 952-925-5608. Josh has been at this a long time with a track record of success, and he's here to help you. So give him a call today. No obligation. That's right. No obligation. It's absolutely free. 952-925-5608. And tell them you heard about them here on the Garage Logic Podcast. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Chris Reavers is a paid endorser. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Suchere. You know, for several, several months, I've been telling you about the wonderful scholarships that Minnesota Masonic Charities has available. That's not all they have. Something you may not know is that Minnesota Masonic Charities operates a lovely senior care campus right over there in South Bloomington. Families choose the Minnesota Masonic home for their loved ones. Why? Because of the exceptional care, living options, raving over the eight beautiful 88-acre campus. Uh, where, you know, Dan Patch trained. They also love the other amenities, including a town square, on-site beauticians, manicure, massage therapy services, and any number of engaging activities. The Minnesota Masonic Home offers the full continuum of care from independent living to memory care. It's a great place. Their assisted living apartments provide those with changing health care needs, both privacy and peace of mind, while residents who require ongoing medical attention and skilled nursing care, they're welcome to enjoy the personalized attention and services of the home. It's simple. Perhaps you're healing from an orthopedic or cardiac events or require rehab for stroke or surgery. Well, their transitional care unit is one of Minnesota's best. I'm proud of these guys. Rated as the number one senior care facility in the entire state of Minnesota by Newsweek magazine, Please consider Masonic Home for your senior care needs. Learn more at mnmasoniccharities.org. The 
we'd probably play music like that at the Minnesota Masonic Home, just to chill people out, peaceful. Last week we learned of the uh, brutal carjacking that a woman named Shavanti Satadanadan uh, with withstood in front of her kids in North mm-hmm. Minneapolis, only to learn that she is a vice chair of the state DFL party. Right. And she was an enthusiastic supporter of defunding the police. Oh, very noisy about it. And very. an enthusiastic believer in the equity when it comes to crime and all of the typical BS that DFLers believe and we're wondering if that changes her story or changes her outlook on life. We don't know yet, but she said many things that are directly opposite to what she stood for as recently as the spring of George Floyd, when she was motivated to join the, the knee-jerk defund the police crowd. And... In addition to learning about her story, we coincidentally also learned that penalties for carjackings have increased. Mm -hmm. And I have it on good authority. When I quote you from a mole, these are moles that I know, and they've been vetted, and it's all the truth. And Mary Moriality is already sending signals that she doesn't intend to adhere to the stiffer penalties for carjackings. Sounds about right. And so the mole writes, Joe, you are correct. Carjacking is not going to be jealous, zealously prosecuted where it occurs most in Minneapolis. From the updated article in the Strib today, and this is dated September 8, in a statement, Hennepin County Attorney Spokesperson Nicholas Kimball said that the office makes charging decisions on a case-by-case basis and assesses and will look to use this law in appropriate cases. Oh, my goodness. Referring to the new crime of carjacking and the harsher penalty assigned by the Minnesota Sentencing Guidelines Commission. While it is important to be able to track cases that are prosecuted, It is also important to have fair and equitable outcomes in cases involving similar criminal conduct with a higher severity level for robbing someone of a car versus other valuable, important personal property like a wallet or purse that contains identification, debit or credit cards and other sensitive information. It will be important to assess each case individually and prosecute appropriately, Kimball said. Wow. And now my source. In sum, Moriarty does not agree with the higher penalty for carjacking, which was adopted by a majority of the Sentencing Guidelines Commission this summer. So she is going to undercharge carjackers with aggravated robbery to avoid the harsher carjacking penalty. It is pathetic, signed my source. Now, I can link that to parking spaces. You can link that to parking spaces. If, if, if you're hiding behind the word equity... 
then anything goes. If you're going to deny me a parking spot in Duluth because it's not equitable, because some uh, some fellow of lesser means might not have the same parking spot, then it stands to reason you're not going to charge violent youth with carjacking because that's not equitable because there are many youth who are not getting charged with carjacking. So your whole view of criminal behavior is distorted and corrupted. You don't believe in it anymore. Right. You believe that these crimes are the result of oppression or upbringing or what have you. Uh, and so there's a line in here that's very important. Going back to the spokesman for Moriarty, Nicholas Kimball. The office makes charging decisions on a case-by-case -case basis and will look to use this law in appropriate cases. I, might, I, would, like a, I would like an attempt... I would like an attempt to, de to, to interpret that sentence. In other words, what she doesn't accept is carjacking per se. Mm -hmm. She would add various dynamics to it. Well, that was a, you call that a carjacking, but it was actually this. Or uh, when this happened two years ago, we didn't call it that. Or in other words, the carjacking law will not be, followed literally by her. Hmm. It will be followed on a case-by-case -case basis. How, how can they, she how, be above this, the, the law? Because she is a very corrupted woman. Her, uh, not she personally. Her ideology <clears throat> is very corrupted. And she's going to stick to it. This is her. This meanwhile, is her. meanwhile, families aren't safe. No. Going to Target. No, not at going all. Going to visit and Grandma. To further confuse things, at least for me anyway, there's different severity levels of carjacking. There's first degree, second degree, third degree. Mm -hmm. All left up to interpretation. <clears throat> and what I don't get is uh, what determines on whether it's prosecuted on the county level or the state level or even the federal level, if such a federal law does exist. Well, I think if you get carjacked in Minneapolis, that's a Hennepin, that's Hennepin County attorney. So then, I, so that would tell me that no matter where you're carjacked in Minnesota, it's up to the county to do the prosecution. That would be my. That would be county my. County you're in. That would yeah. be my uh, belief. Yeah. But she, if she can take a carjacking and turn it into, a, for example, an aggravated robbery which carries a much lesser sentence than the new sentencing guidelines call for for carjacking, then she's going to go with aggravated robbery. Always, every time. And try to throw in a plea deal, that whole deal. Yep. She's a, a, absolutely a destructive woman, and Minneapolis voted uh, for her. Not overwhelmingly, but, but she won. She's in. And this is what you're left with. And that's why so many people, myself included, just have a hard time of having any sympathy for those. Unfortunately, you're the ones that voted for this. I'm sorry. I have no sympathy uh, for you. I have sympathy for Shivanti Satin Dan Denon. Why? But, but, Shivanti, it should not have taken this. You should have become more rational human you being. You should have been in touch. Long before this. Yeah. But your ideology got corrupted, Shivanti. That's an electric fence. Don't touch it. Yeah. Why did you just grab the electric fence? I told you what was... What, what the hell? I mean, 
Uh, I'm, on Chris, I'm on Chris's side. This is obvious. Yep. She brought this on herself. Sorry. She, this, yeah, I have no sympathy. She didn't I have to bring a carjacking no, on herself. I no. have no empathy, no sympathy. No, but none she, whatsoever. But she, I, I disagree with you. <clears throat> yes, she did. She's the one, she's, she, and much to her like, that I completely but she botched wasn't that. And her, ilk, and her ilk, thank you. They, they think that the justice system isn't fair. So that's why they are all on all on board with defunding the police. Okay, cool. Guess what? Well, I can't stand that part about her. That, that I despise her for that. But I'm just saying she wasn't singled out to be carjacked as a result of her feelings. Well, no, she, she was the, she was carjacked for the usual reasons. She's an easy mark. Mm -hmm. She's a, a female by herself, not paying attention to her surroundings, yep. mm -hmm. and she got the s kicked out of her. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Sorry, not sorry. I get it. I, I get it. I, I've been sitting on this, and I, I want to get it out of the way before John Height. Okay, Fonzie. News. <laughs> That'd be Potsy. Oh. Uh, oh, sorry. It's a piece with the head. It's from uh, the Free Press, but the story is, uh, I left out the full truth to get my climate change paper published. I just got published in Nature magazine because I stuck to a narrative I knew the editors would like. That's not the way science should work. It's a piece by Patrick T. Brown. And he writes, if you've been reading any news about wildfires this summer from Canada to Europe to Maui, you will surely get the impression that they are mostly the result of climate change. Then he cites the AP, PBS, the New York Times, Bloomberg... I am a climate scientist, and while climate change is an important factor affecting wildfires over many parts of the world, it isn't close to the only factor that deserves our focus. So why does the press focus so intently on climate change as the root cause? Perhaps for the same reasons I just did in an academic paper about wildfires in Nature, one of the world's most prestigious journals. It fits a simple storyline that rewards the person telling it. The paper I just published, Climate Warming Increases Extreme Daily Wildfire Growth Risk in California, focuses exclusively on how climate change has affected extreme wildfire behavior. I knew not to try to quantify key aspects other than climate change in my research because it would dilute the story that prestigious journals like Nature and its rival Science want to tell. But it seems to me he's he's reporting on himself for being a lout. <laughs> yes. But you know what? Do we give him a little bit of credit? This matter because it is critically important for this matters because it is critically important for scientists to be published in high profile journeys. Jur journals. In many ways, they are the gatekeepers for career success in academia. This guy's resting my case that a lot of this stuff is putting food on the family right. of the people who write this BS. Mm. And the editors of these journals have made it abundantly clear, both by what they publish and what they reject, that they want climate papers that support certain pre-approved narratives, even when those narratives come at the expense of broader knowledge for society. To put it bluntly, oh man, climate science has become less about understanding the complexities of the world and more about serving as a kind of Cassandra, 
urgently warning the public about the dangers of climate change. However, understandable, this instinct must be. It distorts a great deal of climate science research, misinforms the public, and most importantly, makes practical solutions more difficult to achieve. Why is this happening? It starts with the fact that a researcher's career depends on his or her work being cited widely and perceived as important. This triggers the self-reinforcing feedback loops of name recognition, funding, quality applications from aspiring Ph.D. students and postdocs, and, of course, accolades. It's a long piece. I'm almost done. I'm not going to read it. The guy's already confessed what we knew. But as the number of researchers has skyrocketed in recent years, there are close to six times more PhDs earned in the U.S. each year than there were in the early 1960s. It has become more difficult than ever to stand out from the crowd. So while there has always been a tremendous premium placed on publishing in journals like Nature and Science, it's also become extraordinarily more competitive. In theory, scientific research should prize curiosity, dispassionate objectivity, and a commitment to uncovering the truth. Surely those are the qualities that editors of the scientific journal should value. In reality, though, the biases of the editors and the reviewers they call upon to evaluate submissions exert a major influence on the collective output of entire fields. They select what gets published from a large pool of entries, and in doing so, they also shape how research is conducted more broadly. Savvy researchers tailor their studies to maximize the likelihood that their work is accepted. I know this because I have one of them. Wow. This is just an amazing piece. I'll read you one more paragraph, two more paragraphs. Here's how it works. The first thing the astute climate researcher knows is that his or her work should support the mainstream narrative, namely that the effects of climate change are both pervasive and catastrophic, and that the primary way to deal with them is not by employing practical adaptation measures like stronger, more resilient infrastructure, better zoning and building codes, more air conditioning, or in the case of wildfires, better forest management or underground power lines, but through policies like the Inflation Reduction Act, aimed at reducing greenhouse gas emissions. So in my recent Nature paper, which I authored with seven others, I focus narrowly on the influence of climate change on extreme wildfire behavior. Make no mistake, that influence is real. But there are also other factors that can be just as or more important, such as poor forest management and the increasing number of people who start wildfires, wildfires, either accidentally or purposefully. Here's a startling fact. Over 80% of wildfires in the U.S. are ignited by humans. I'll stop there. He goes on to just, just in other words... He might have ethically gotten himself off the hook by joining six other authors and focusing on climate change, which is a factor. So he gets away with it that way, but it's not the factor. It's a factor. A. Uh, but that should be very sobering to all of you uh, 
people who want to point out that I'm a dreadful uh, denier. Dreadful denier. I'm a dreadful denier. And uh, well, what y- we've yes, seen I am. I am. I think what we've seen, Such, in many different avenues over the last five years is a failure of the peer-reviewed journals where they're all working towards this common goal, where in the past somebody would come up with a theory and throw it out there and he would get reviewed by peers and they'd say, well, you're right on this and you're right on this, but this is wrong. And then they would move forward from there. But now they write these pieces with, like you said, the final goal in mind is to big up whatever the topic is. I mean, couldn't you take climate out of that whole piece you just read and put in, I don't know, say COVID or vaccines? Absolutely. Or, hell, ivermectin, firearms, um, election results. I mean, everything. Mm-hmm. Who are we to trust anymore? Oh, uh, we've learned the, that we've learned we can't trust fact checkers because they're either from the right or the left. There's nobody in the center checking facts. The truth is elusive, isn't it? Sure is. And what he's telling you about peer review is that the peers are all on the same page. Yeah. And so, they want that check in the mail, that freelance check for 1500 bucks or whatever they get for and, participating in that article for and Nature. If you dare go against the article in Nature, well, you're canceled. You're mocked. You're made fun of. Your credentials you're are me. ruined. You're, you're fired. Your tenure at the college is removed. You're well, screwed. Then we, we, need, we need to take it then one step. We need to take it to the next level. Why are the editors uh, and owners of Science and Nature so adamant that we be taught that climate change is catastrophic? Are they on board with some mystical world order that we don't know about <laughs> that, wants question, to undo, yeah. uh, that wants to undo Western civilization? That's the question. John, go ahead. I want to hear if what I you may. Yeah, enter the conversation a bit here. And I've been reading about the, uh, he's getting some pushback also. And part of the pushback is the editor of Nature magazine points out uh, that Nature does not have a preferred narrative and points to at least four articles that they have published in the last four issues that say exactly what you guys are saying. So he's trying more. Yeah. You see what he's doing, though, John. Climate change that causes. Yeah, he's trying to absolve um, Nature magazine of any wrongdoing here. Yeah, but the author, this Pat guy, the guy uh, you just female, it's a female. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, that person. But this Patrick T. Brown, who wrote the piece, uh, I I think what he's admitting is distinct from what the editor of Nature is pointing out. He's admitting that it was a guaranteed way that he'd get published. Right, uh-huh. and, he, and he did that. Yes. Right, which, well, okay, doesn't that throw some weird light on him, don't you think? It, it, uh, uh, yeah, and I think that's the way Joe approached the story. Yeah. Yes. I, I think that was his angle at the beginning. Yes. Yeah, uh, because Nature is a peer-reviewed magazine, so uh-huh. you submit... It's published. It's reviewed by peers. This is why it's so much easier to get your news from Twitter. You can trust right. it. Just that's the well, way. It's, it's funny. You're mocking and you're trying to get under his skin. But the reason I know anything about this is because of Twitter. Because oh, really? Of, no, well, because of scientists and legitimate people commenting on this sort of thing, which has led me to dig deeper. Oh wow. I got taken apart by a longtime emailer, Tom Wilson, who said my knack scale 
really took a hit yesterday when I said I want a precision garage door of the Twin Cities to even check the lights that are supposed to come on. Uh, when the garage door opens, he said, you can't screw in a light bulb. That's not what I meant. Call the light bulb department. Yes. No, I think there's either a short in the machinery or something because those light bulbs are going out routinely. So I want precision garage door of the Twin Cities to take care of it, and they will. They take care of everything from something simple like that to a whole new door if you need one. Mm. Precision Garage Door of the Twin Cities. They're a Minnesota Garage Logic family-owned business. They serve the metro and western Wisconsin. You've got to have them on your list of guys. Okay. You got guys? Got you got to have a garage door guy. In this case, you get the whole family. But it's a garage door guy. They serve the metro and western Wisconsin. They're uh, available uh, 24-7. They don't charge more for weekend visits. They get everything done correctly the first time. You're busy, and so are they. Their business is booming. They're really good at this. Uh, you can find out all you need to know, including uh, the mockery you'll take for uh, wondering why your light bulbs don't work <laughs> yeah. in the opening mechanism. But there's also heavy-duty bulbs that are getting harder to find because to save the earth, we have to buy different kinds of bulbs now, right? So yes. uh, find out everything you need it's at precisiondoormn.com. Not a Garage Logic Town Council member? Here's what you're missing. Either tomorrow or Wednesday we'll be we'll have to look up old newspapers because in okay. 1939 we're gonna start a stretch of about three or four record highs. Now when you look that up, what do you type in the search? I type in uh, there's three areas. I type in weather, and then I type in the date, and then I type in Minneapolis. Location. Minnesota. It lets it's pretty handy. It lets you click around pretty easily. Because I tried to get it today, but I stopped because they wanted a password and I don't know what that is and I, I just I'm gonna have trouble getting the uh, all you gotta do is make up your own password that's I mean it's uh, like any website it was problematic can you open oh my goodness seriously you know? yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little worried about you Mr. Biden I'll oh I mean uh, excuse me wow that was way that was weird. I know. My rook, why don't you join in? Why don't you pile on? Let's I see. apologize if you're offended. Go behind the scenes of Garage Logic with unfiltered audio and video access, invites to exclusive events, an emailed newsletter from the mayor himself, and more by signing up at garagelogic.com. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Souchere. I can't decide. I know Seafoam has got a product that could help Joe with his stupid light bulbs. I just don't know if I should spray <laughs> some Bug Be Gone on it or some tranny stuff or, uh, I don't know, just the engine treatment. Some, something's got to work. Uh, I know uh, this Bugs Be Gone stuff is a miracle. I was talking to my old man about this yesterday, and he goes, yeah, I've been using that stuff for years, and, and I'm I'm out. I gave my dad my my uh, spray bottle of bugs be gone yesterday right out of my vehicle you got to carry this stuff right in the vehicle so when you pull into the gas station and it's time to clean the windshield you can spray it on first and do a little very very little light scrubbing and then just take the squeegee and uh, wash it all away your windshield comes out brand new 
The stuff is absolutely amazing. But wait, 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 wait. It's non-toxic. It's not going to hurt your paint, your chrome, your glass. It's a water-based formula. Leaves no film, no haze when it dries. It's not... It's not sticky on your fingers or anything like that. And we can use it on everything. Campers, motorcycles, boat services, a goose poop on your golf cart. We've got a guy that's going to be playing golf later today. I suggest he brings some uh, Bugs Be Gone for the goose poop on his golf cart. It's a wonderful product, Bugs Be Gone, um, from, from our, our friends at Seafoam. Thank you, Seafoam. Here's John. Thanks, Are Joe. Are you done? <laughs> a Ramsey County judge is granted a harassment wait, 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 restriction. Wait a second, John. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I'm looking up uh, some stuff about the Beastie Twitter? Boys. Are you on Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> the Beastie Boys. <laughs> Why the? Okay. Your mom caught you smoking and she says. Yeah. You know what? Huh. I was prepared to get mad at you, but since it's the really Beastie ha- Boys, really <laughs> you know, I They're think I'm going to... John, why don't you go ahead? I'm going to look some stuff up about what the Beastie was, Boys, too. What was that really cool instrument? They did an instrumental album that was really cool. I can't remember the name of it. I have it somewhere back in my CDs. But anyway, moving right along. Here's you John. Guys, you guys uh, uh, look here's stuff John Height. Thanks. Thanks, Joe. In news, a Ramsey County judge has granted a harassment restraining order after Minneapolis City Council member Michael Rainville petitioned the court for the order against a citizen who verbally chastised him following a city council vote on February 23rd concerning a city-owned property sale to a neighborhood group. Evidence presented to the court showed that the respondent during that city council meeting reportedly said to Rainville, quote, you are done. I know where your family lives. We are coming for you wherever you are and said that they were true threats. Well, in a ruling, the judge stated, although respondent advocates for peaceful protest, his words and behavior crossed the line and had an adverse effect on the safety, security, and privacy of the petitioner. His words and threats were objectively unreasonable. Rainville said he was intimidated when the verbal attacks happened for more than an hour during the meeting. His attorney, Joe Tamburino, said the respondent's actions crossed the line from free speech protected under the Constitution to threatening speech, which is not protected speech. The date for a special election to fill a vacant Minnesota House of Representatives seat has now been set. Yesterday, Governor Walls announcing the special election to replace Representative Ruth Richardson will be held on December 5th. Richardson is a DFLer from Mendota Heights. She announced her immediate resignation in a social media post on September 1st. Those interested in filing uh, for Richardson's seat will have to file their affidavit or candidacy or nominating petition between Wednesday, September 13th and 5 p.m. next Tuesday, September 19th. If necessary, the governor says a special primary election would take place November 16th. The winner of the special election on December 5th will serve the final year of the term in 2024, and the seat will then be up for re-election again next year. St. Paul Public Schools notified families and staff last week of a data security incident last winter may have exposed students' names and email addresses. In a letter sent out on Friday, the district said it became aware of the issue in February, flagged the FBI, Minnesota IT Services, and the Department of Public Safety to investigate what they called an authorized third party that had accessed district data. Full scope of the breach wasn't made clear until mid-July. According to the district, they say uh, you should be assured that SPPS has no evidence that any passwords, personal email addresses, physical addresses, 
or sensitive info like social security numbers was compromised as a result of the incident. No matter how hard or, or how vigorous our own security is with our own data, it could always get leaked with somebody else. You're, you're always at the mercy of whoever has the weakest protection. Be nice to get off the grid, wouldn't it? Uh, John, is it the in sound from way out? A compilation album the with the, their instrumentals? It must be, yes. That Not must what be. What's he it, talking yeah. about? It's no actually pretty good. Beastie Boys. Beastie Boys. Do, you, do you want to feel old? 1996. Sure. Oh, jeez. That doesn't yeah. make me feel old. That's 25 years ain't what it used to be. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. I get I get teased because I say they're a new band and they're somebody who put their first album out in 1989. <laughs> yeah, they're a new band. I like them. Metro Transit workers voted to authorize a strike by an overwhelming but, margin but yesterday. When you're, you're, uh, Joe, when you're 25 and you're looking at 50, that's way, 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 way out there. Yeah. But when you're 50, looking at 25, that was last week. That's right. That's how I feel about it, Ken. Thank you. Very, very philosophic today. <laughs> Got it. Metro Transit what the hell workers. Is he babbling about. It? Don't know. <laughs> Expect him to break into September song any minute. Oh God. Oh, that's coming around in the horn, isn't it? What's that? Was it September nineteenth? What is that song? No, I don't talking, know. I'm talking Do about the, the old, damn news. I'm talking about the old uh, the classic song, you know, so, you know, where you're getting older in That's September. Fall, represents, September, you got the leaves falling, the whole Yeah, and it represents yeah. as you're nearing, you know, the end of your life. Right. You know, okay, Kenny. Yeah. Yeah. I'm talking about the 21st of September. By Do you Earth remember? Wind, Earth, Wind, and Do Fire. You I don't remember it. Do okay, Kenny. <laughs> I forgot I had that song. I completely it's sabotaged this. Yeah, it's all my fault. I am so, I'm yeah, so sorry. Okay. Hey, it's gone off the rails. And speaking of rails, Metro Transit workers voted to authorize a strike by an overwhelming margin Monday as they continue to negotiate a new contract. Who's going to notice? Members of Amalgamated Transit Union Local 1005, which represents bus drivers, rail operators, mechanics, and other Metro Transit employees, cast their votes Sunday and Monday. 94% favored a strike. Union members could begin picketing 10 days after filing a strike notice with their employer. ATU Local 1005 says it's pushing for a cost of living adjustment in its new contract and that negotiations have been on going since March. Union's most recent contract expired at the end of July. Uh, meanwhile, the Star Tribune reporting, unsatisfied with the latest Hormel Foods Corporation contract offer, the Meatpackers Union at Hormel's Austin plant is urging workers to vote against the deal this week. If workers vote the offer down, a strike could be imminent in a city that still bears the scars of a previous strike way back in the 1980s. The United Food and Commercial Workers Local 663, which represents about 1,600 workers at the plant, said in a statement Sunday the company refused to give workers appropriate wages and pensions I after record you. profits. <laughs> Union pointed to Hormel's gross profits of over $2 billion over the past 12 months as an indicator the company should pay its workers better. Workers are set to vote Wednesday and Thursday on Hormel's offer. A Twin Cities teacher is getting ready for the trip of a lifetime exploring the world 
Laura Hagemans, a fifth grade teacher at Jeffers Pond Elementary in Prior Lake, one of 50 teachers picked for a fellowship through National Geographic. In November, Hageman will travel to the Galapagos Islands for hands-on experience. She'll bring back to the classroom. She says, my plan is to get the kids to kind of have some research and understanding about the Galapagos before I leave so they can ask questions and I can see if I can find answers while I'm there. Hageman will leave the day after Thanksgiving. It's a 10-day trip. That'll be fun for her, won't it, John? It certainly will. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have some uh, more national and international news in just a moment. But first, we're going to take hear, a time out. Let's hear from someone, please. We're all done, aren't we? You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. It's the season to get on the schedule with Hoffman Water and Connecticut. You know what? Fall is a great time to reevaluate your water system. Uh, I've been a customer of Hoffman and Connecticut for a couple of years now, and I know that you will be happy if you decide to make the switch. Go with the best. Hoffman has been serving the state of Minnesota for over 50 years, and we all know of Connecticut's uh, great systems that they have. So if you're in the market for a, uh, I don't know, a drinking water system, a water softener, it doesn't matter. Get on the schedule right now. Have them come out for that free water analysis by calling 952-894-4040. You can also visit their website, which is, of course, hoffermanwater.com. And you go on that website, you see everything that they have to offer. I had my system installed years ago. It's made an amazing difference in the quality of my water. So 952-894-4040, hoffermanwater.com. Tell them you heard about them here on the GL Podcast. Thank you, Chris. Former President Trump and President Biden both saw their support tumble in an early primary state of Iowa, according to new polls by the Emerson College. Iowa Republican caucus voters showed support for Trump currently sits at 49%. Uh, 49%. That's a drop from 62% in May. Meanwhile, a poll of Iowa Democratic caucus voters showed that Biden's support now sits at 50%. That's a drop from 69% in May. It was conducted, this poll, September 7th through the 9th of September of 893 Iowa registered voters for both parties. The poll has a margin of error of 3.2 percentage points. Uh, also falling Republican numbers, Ron DeSantis and Mike Pence gaining Republican numbers, Senator Tom Scott and Vivek Ramaswamy. Uh, as far as Democrats go, uh, both the rivals uh, that have been mentioned for Biden have also fallen in the poll. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and author Marianne Williamson dipped slightly in the poll. Speaker Kevin McCarthy said this morning he is directing a House committee to open a formal impeachment inquiry into President Biden over his family's business dealings, launching historic proceedings ahead of the 2024 election. McCarthy said the House Oversight Committee's investigation so far has found what he called a culture of corruption around the Biden family as Republicans probe the business dealings of Biden's son, Hunter Biden, from before the Democratic president took office. The announcement comes as the Republican leader faces mounting pressure from his right flank to take action against the president while he's also struggling to pass legislation needed to avoid a federal government shutdown at the end of the month. Geologists have uncovered what they think could be the world's largest lithium deposit inside an ancient supervolcano along the Nevada-Oregon border in the U.S. Clay containing up to 40 million metric tons of the precious metal was identified through the 28-mile-long McDermott Caldera 
nearly double what's been found in Bolivia's salt flats that have long held the record for the most lithium deposits. While the amount of lithium is based on estimates, no drilling's taken place yet. Scientists have found high concentrations of lithium in the caldera since the 1970s. Uh, as of 2022, the average battery-grade lithium carbonate price was 37 grand per metric ton, meaning the volcano is potentially sitting on 1.48 trillion with a TR, trillion dollars worth Ooh. of precious is, is Is lithium a metal, John? Is it a, is it a hard substance? It's metal. I don't know if it's hard. I, is Look it up, Brooke. Hard? What is lithium? I don't know. Uh, lithium we'll is screw this up, by the way. It's probably oh, enough yeah. lithium to bring about the green dream of EVs, but we'll probably still rely on China and India. <laughs> lithium <laughs> is a chemical element with, uh, okay, who cares what the symbol? It's a soft, silvery white Alkali metal. Hmm. Uh, it is less dense metal and is the least dense solid element. I'll be damned. Highly reactive and flammable. I see. Most commercial lithium extraction is from salt flat brines through a process of evaporation and chemical recovery. Canadian-based Lithium Americas Corporation plans to begin mining as early as 2026 in the region. They plan to mine it for 40 years and then backfill the pit. Lithium is a critical component for batteries that power everything from smartphones to electric vehicles and solar panels. China has dominated the market for decades because 90% of the metal mined is refined in that nation. Got it. Federal you know, lawsuit. There's, there's a really there's a there's a lot going on with lithium, and it might as well be in Chinese. They've got um, lithium is about as common as chlorine in the Earth's upper continental crust on a per atom basis. I, never in my life would I ever write a sentence like that. Could you break that down for me, Rick, please? I, I can't. I'm just looking at it and going. I don't know what's going on. You ever get the feeling there's something going on out there? You <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. No, you looked at that chemistry. sentence structure and you said, bleep this article. Yeah, this whole <laughs> cosmol cosmological lithium discrepancy in the uh, universe. Sure. We can yeah. get it. Well, yeah. We get it from uh, lithium, lithium bearing ores through a process that involves crushing, roasting, and acid leaching. I think I did all three of those uh, as, a, as a youth. <laughs> You're pro-lithium. <laughs> Kenny is pro-lithium. <laughs> yeah. well, wasn't that part of what Royce was going to do? I am providing uh, I aluminum jobs. No, he was... wants to uh, have people throw their pop cans just on the ground. That's right. And then in the future, there'll be mining jobs for people digging up <laughs> See, the aluminum. They'll be going through the dumps looking <laughs> for He's aluminum. thinking of the children. Yep. That's beautiful. Federal lawsuits, cries for impeachment, and outside protests. Democratic New Mexico Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham said she would welcome a fight after announcing an emergency order to suspend the right to carry firearms in most public places around Albuquerque. And that's exactly what she's getting. Since she issued the 30-day public health order on Friday, a fewer has rained down from gun owners, state Republican lawmakers, and civil rights advocates, even some in her own party questioning the move. The sheriff who oversees the county that includes Albuquerque vowed Monday not to enforce it, joining the county's top prosecutor and the Albuquerque mayor and city's police chief. 
Bernalillo County Sheriff John Allen said it's unconstitutional, so there's no way we can enforce that order. This ban does nothing to curb gun violence. A gun rights group filed a federal lawsuit within 24 hours asking a court to block the order from taking effect, and other federal lawsuits followed. Critics denounced the order as an infringement on the gun rights of law-abiding citizens. GOP state lawmakers also proposed initiating impeachment proceedings against the governor, a move that would require a buy-in from the Democrats who control the legislature. You guys probably missed it yesterday unless unless you listened to Monday Night Sports Talk, but Pat went to the Twins game last Friday. He always goes to night games early. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went about 2 o'clock after oh. after putting the hose in the pool to, oh, to bring the yeah. uh, pool level up. And he got home, and he went to bed, and he got up the next morning. Oh. And the, the yard was flooded. The liner had been completely ripped off the, the pool because the water gets behind you the liner. And... and uh, it became a real game of flaws problem for him. This was him an all-timer. Because he really didn't have anywhere to turn. It was his fault. And he <laughs> wanted to complain to the uh, DA uh, about, didn't you at least hear it? And, of course, she's had, she doesn't really hear that well. So he was pretty much left alone. The neighbors were calling him, wondering what happened. Their yard was getting flooded. And... Uh, he had 20 hours of water running in Golden Valley. No, 20 hours oh. of Golden Valley's finest, finest water. water That's 20 water. hours of Golden Valley's finest oh, water oh. in the pool. Yeah. Lake, Lake Ricey, yes, sir. <laughs> Lake Ricey. Maybe run a buyer Went under the fence, the couple. whole deal, you know. Oh, oh, my God. And then you can't drain it. Well, plus it's full of chlorine, so it isn't really good for water in no, your yard. No, yeah, you're no, right. no. You're going to get that bleached grass. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Uh, one wow. entertainment note before we leave the news here. Aerosmith postponing some shows until Steven Tyler's voice recovers. I after thought he they suffered. were done touring. Nah, they no, got they another retirement tour. Oh, they just started this, okay, okay. Yeah, they like He's, to do those. He suffered vocal cord damage over the weekend. The band played the first three shows of their Peace Out tour before Saturday's concert left Tyler with bleeding and under doctor's orders not to sing. He said in a statement, I'm heartbroken to say I have received strict doctor's orders not to sing for the next 30 days. I sustained vocal cord damage. We'll need to postpone a few dates so we can come back and give you the performance you can deserve. Uh, The band postponed the next six concerts, all of which were rescheduled for January and February 20. 24. Uh, if you have tickets for the concert here, uh, that is still on. Don't worry about it for now anyway. Uh, November 13th, they play the Excel Energy Center, and uh, he should be good to go. Have it's, you ever seen uh, them? I have. I haven't. Is it a Wouldn't, decent show? Yeah, I had a fun. Well, it was 25 years ago right. when I saw right. him. Wouldn't the show be better if he just lip-synced? He might as well, because he's got the bad voice Go anyway. hologram style, yeah. like Tupac? Yeah. 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 <laughs> John, thank you very much. You're welcome. That was just uh, absolutely wonderful. Thank you. Take Thanks. Good pop rock song. Okay, Johnny. <laughs> you want me to keep singing? No, I need you learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design. Here's Joe Suchere. Is it normal that... Uh, no. Not a mouse. <laughs> Not a mouse. Oh, the chipmunk. Yeah. I'm at war with the chipmunks again, and I've decided oh. that... Bird feeder oh. related. So am I, oh. Joe. Yeah, Our lives are Joe. a mirror of each other's. I'll take care of them. Oh. But I got one, and it the trap didn't get him. He was being... He was fighting, and I just felt 
terrible on it. I let him go. Yo, you got to pop what? a cap in him. Let him what? go. And, and, <laughs> and he was gone the next lessons. morning. So I hope he either survived oh, or he was God. at least eaten by what something is... in nature. You know, I actually, you, uh, there's there's this device online. I just felt bad, Kenny. For some reason, I just felt terrible. Okay, Sally. I have here's no, what you do. no go desire buy, to kill any creatures. Go buy a rat trap, and that'll take care of them. And if they're still kicking, teach them how to swim. Yeah. There's a device you can buy. Um, it spins. You put it underneath a bird I got feeder. one. Yeah. Doesn't work. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Such a you did not get a good one. Are we talking squirrels or chipmunks? Chipmunk. Yeah, chipmunks. the little guys. Yeah, I put yeah. a They're little trap. cute little things. Yeah, they're yeah, awful, they're cute. They awful, awful animals. Yeah. Little circles, right? They're they keep awful. coming in my garage and visiting. One me. of them ran it's over my gone. foot yesterday. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I made the pronouncement that this is over. That's this, it for him. Huh? We're, we're done here. Yeah. yeah this is yeah. over. Yeah. I sit in the chair in my garage and I look down to my left and there's one staring at me. Yeah. It's hey, so creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Only because they come to us all the way, I believe, from Eden Prairie, from the Traveling Lymans. On this day in history, in 1881 on this day. Are you talking about September 12th? The balloon Great Northwest, piloted by Samuel A. King and carrying eight passengers, ascended from Minneapolis. The team's plan to travel to the Atlantic Coast Gamers National Attention to the Atlantic Garners. Coast Garners National Attention. <laughs> But the flight is a failure with a forced landing before the balloon reached St. Paul. <laughs> so they got about 50 feet. Huh. They didn't get very far. Yeah, didn't these, these things are a menace in the sky, right? There's well, no way to control them. They were in 1881. You go up or down. You that's can't right, go left. Kenny. That's you can't right. go right. On this day in 1883. <laughs> that's right, Kenny. That's right, Kenny. This day in 1883. 912. The yeah. so oh, Little yeah. Sisters of the Poor, they're good women, established their convent in St. Paul. The sisters began as a hospitaller's order in St. Paul, in, in St. Servan, Brittany, France, dedicated to serving the elderly, poor, and infirm, and they maintained convents and hospitality houses all over the world, and they're great people. Yeah. Many, many years later, this happened. Yeah. Ah. Oh, hi, Joel. Funny How thing. are you? Uh, uh, can I use your restroom? Uh, I got a turtle head here. <laughs> Yeah, that'll cost you $1,000, Mr. Suchere. We're accepting donations. On this day, also in 1883. Well, I just thought it was ironic what they needed the money for. Right. Yeah. Uh, On this day, also in 1883. September 12th. Theodore Christensen was born in Lacquaparle Township. Do you know who he was? Hmm. We just don't know our governor's Uh, history. No. He was governor from 1925 to 1931. He was our 21st governor. Okay. Uh, He was the second governor to be born in the state. He also wrote a five-volume history of Minnesota. I bet that was great. He died on December 10th, 1948, and his name was Ted Christensen. Okay. Teddy. He was our governor. I, I, I've not previously heard of him. My governor's history. You know, that's my next thing I should memorize. All the governors. All our governors. How many have we had? A lot. What's Walls? Inefficient. Yeah, right. Communist. 
I'm having trouble with my L counties. Thank you, GLers. <laughs> Hi, everybody. It's John, and I'm here to tell you eating is better with Factors, delicious, ready-to-eat meals. They're fresh, never-frozen, chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and they'll only take you two minutes to get ready. Factor gives you lots of options to choose from, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and lots more. They're great options for the entire day, whatever meal you're having, or just midday bites to keep you fueled up. Whatever your schedule is, Factor's meals are flexible to fit what you've got going on. No prep, no mess, premium food options, no cooking required. Plus, you can get as much or as little as you need choosing your own meals every week. Pause and reschedule your deliveries anytime. It's less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to taste great and supply you with the nutrition you need. Head to factormeals.com slash garagelogic50 and use code garagelogic50 to get 50% off. That's code garagelogic50 at factormeals.com slash garagelogic50 to get 50% off. Does advertising on GarageLogic work? Listen to what Pete Arnold from HirePro has to say. My results advertising with GarageLogic have been absolutely outstanding. Jellers understand my business and what we do and how Joe vets anyone that advertises on here. That level of validation and trust has helped me with a 6 to 1 ROI for my commercial spend. This group is amazing, and using GarageLogic for your company's advertising will generate results. If you'd like to get results for your business, visit GarageLogic.com and enter keyword partner. That's GarageLogic.com, keyword partner. He is our 41st governor. No. No, Tim, he wasn't. T- no, no, Tim Walls is our 41. We've had 41. That's what I'm... If you were going to... Hey, uh, uh, GLers, we forgot to mention this yesterday, but don't forget if you missed out at the state fair and you didn't find what you're looking for, not a problem. Just head to garagelogic.com to see all this year's merchandise in a variety of colors and sizes, including the brand new 30 years of common sense t-shirt, long sleeve, and hoodie. I love that shirt. That is a good shirt. Uh, items also include favorites such as the University of GL, the NAC Hardware and Lounge, and even a Monday Night Sports Talk Classic. It's all there for you. Brat. Love that. Love that, brat. So check us out on YouTube. Subscription. Free. Entertainment. Endless. It's a great deal. Oh, and the town council. Tell your friends and neighbors, 10 bucks a month or 100 bucks a year. It's a really good deal to get some inside cha. It is time once again that we pick up the phone and we make that call to our guy, Mr. Money Talk. Josh Arnold is with us once again here in Garage Logic. And boy, oh boy, now is the time for you to do the same. So do not delay and do what I did. Pick up that phone and dial 952-925-5608. That number once again is 952-925-5608. You call that number, you get Josh. And you will always get straight talk. You will never get sugar-coated advice. And Josh is there for you once again for that free no no obligation, 48-minute consultation, and he's on the line with us once again here in Garage Logic. Boy, Josh, you are loaded for bear today because you would like to touch on sports and entertainment. We've got a big Apple event, and the DOJ is going after Google? Correct. Let's go with the, oh, now you're going to get me all all excited here, talking about the Department of Justice, and I could probably add in the Federal Trade Commission going after Google as a monopolist. Their claim is that Google has been spending oodles of money. Well, we do know that Google pays Apple 10B. 
10 B per year, as in the B as in billion, 10 billion billion dollars per year to be the default search engine on Apple products. This is something that goes back to a time before Google went public. That is a while ago. It also went back to a time when Apple was not a dominant player in smartphones and definitely was not a dominant player and still is not a dominant player in computers, personal computers, or otherwise. This uh, relationship has continued for a very long time. The DOJ is going after Google not only on that deal, but on other deals that Google has paid other operators, browsers, mobile operators to be the default search engine, we'll say at the expense of the other search engines that are out there, including Microsoft's Bing, AOL, Yahoo, DuckDuck, Foxfire, and I could go on. The DOJ's claim is that Google has almost 90% of search, and that's the, the monopoly, and they are preventing others from getting share. This is almost a European Union viewpoint where the EU and the EU has gone after Google on this, Amazon, Meta, now which owns Facebook and Instagram, Microsoft, and others for being dominant players and preventing other competitors from competing. So here's the DOJ saying, well, we're looking out for Google's competitors because Google is preventing this this competition from taking place. Yet the fact remains that while I might like using Yahoo for search, and while I still have my AOL email, say others in my family love Google and have loved Google since it first came out. And that was even before it went public. So consumers are choosing to use Google over other search services. With Apple's deal, if I wanted to use Bing on my phone, I could do that. But Google is the default, and maybe I don't want to switch from, from that default setting. But that's a consumer choice. does not have to be a government choice. Additionally, there's artificial intelligence coming along, and that might render a lot of these things moot. Sports. I know Pat Royce is a big fan of professional wrestling, as is my friend Tom Bernard and another friend, Ken Sherman. They love professional wrestling and know a lot of professional wrestlers. Today, worldwide entertainment, the WWE merged with the UFC that was owned by Endeavor. They are now known as TKO. So that is going to be a very interesting relationship for, we'll call it reality sports programming, which is big. Endeavor could see its stock move a little on the news, but the big thing is still with the UFC and WWE. One um, competitor to that is, we'll say, a Saudi-backed pro wrestling for, uh, say, yeah, pro wrestling scene as being developed that could compete with that, and that did hurt WWE's stock before this merger. And today, actually in a few hours, Apple is going to introduce their new iPhone 15, a new watch and some other products. Not much is expected from this as analysts are still dealing with fallout last week from China 
and Apple. Very good advice, Mr. Money Talk. Well, you heard him, GLers. Now's the time for you to pick up the phone and make the call for that free, yes, I said free, 48-minute financial consultation by dialing 952-925-5608, where you're always going to get straight talk and never, ever sugar-coated advice. Josh, as always, thank you so much for the time and the chat. Have a great rest of your day, and we'll do this again on Thursday. Look forward to it, Chris. Thanks. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Chris Reavers is a paid endorser.